Hello, and welcome to another episode of Blood on the Rocks. I'm your host, Akshay Taylor, and today, I hope you're ready for some spookiness. As this morning, I was looking for some Halloween stories, as you do on Halloween, and something came up that interested me enough to drop the topic that I was originally planning for this week, which may or may not come back later, we'll see. But yeah, this week we're going to go much more recent than we normally do, in Malaysia. So, in April 2016, there was a fate of either mass hysteria or ghostly activity, which took hold of the schools of Kotobaru, and it got to the point where at least one school closed, and multiple students were sent home from other ones, and over a hundred people were affected. So, anyway, before we get into that, today I'm drinking a bottle of Dark Matters Coffee Porter, brewed by Brains, and I also have a bottle of Hoptical Illusion Dry Hop Lager just to follow up. And I'm pretty happy because they cost me 99p each, so it's all good here. And the Dark Matters one is actually really nice. It's um, a coffee porter, but it's very chocolatey and caramelly. Super, super good for um, how much I paid for it. But anyway, let's cut to music and be right back with some ghostly happenings. We are back. Yeah, like I said, I was looking around this morning for some Halloween spooks. I was something coming out when I was going through some old news articles. And I first saw this story on the independent website and decided to look into it more from there. And this article opens with a paragraph saying, Screaming and shouting continued to be heard at SMK Pengolin Shepherds Who Secondary School, where more than 50 pupils and teachers have reportedly suffered mass hysteria in which a, quote, black figure was seen. So, definitely caught my eye, because ghosts or mass hysteria, this is some spooky shit. <laughs> and I've tried to piece it together as best as I could. So, the alleged ghost attacks began on Monday the 11th of April, 2016, and Penkalan Shepherd 2 Secondary School was the first one to be affected. And this isn't a small school, this has... The school has over 1,044 pupils, and it was at the point where the school was closed on the Thursday, after three days of attacks. So on Thursday, April 14, the principal of the school, who is called City Hawamat, put on a press conference on April 14, and appealed for professional help to resolve the situation. She said that the studies of the students were disrupted, and her administration was at their wit's end to find a way to rid the school of the, quote, bad spirits. She said that the closure of the school in Penkalan Shepherd was necessary to enable the Bomo and Uztaz to perform prayers before the school was set to reopen on the Sunday. Now, just to clear that up a bit, a Bomo is like a shaman kind of thing. They're primarily a healer, herbalist, geomancer, and sorcerer, while also acting as an intermediary for the spirits and gods. And Uztaz is a title that it's essentially it's honorific for people who are generally well-regarded teachers, artists, musicians, as well as Islamic scholars in some places. Anyway, back to this press conference. So she went on to say, We had to close the school yesterday. To date, we have more than eight Ustas, Bomo, and Islamic traditional experts to help us chase away spirits that are said to be in the school compound. And since Monday, more than 100 students and teachers were affected. 
and the principal would go on to say that the school welcomed any help from anyone who could help solve this mystery for good. Very strange already. So, let's talk a bit more about the actual alleged hauntings. And for the people that haven't listened to any of our haunting episodes before, my stance is that I don't believe in spirits or ghosts, but I want to. <laughs> like, I, f- I would find it super interesting if, that- if they were real. And, um, yeah, I really like a good ghost story. <laughs> so, several students and teachers claim to have seen paranormal beings such as black spectres, Pontianaks, and Pochongs. Um, with several students saying that they managed to capture images of a white spectre resembling a Pochong in the school canteen, the hall, and classrooms on the Saturday night. And now, let's talk about these spirits themselves. Because Southeast Asian ghosts are quite different to the ones we get over here. So yeah, first up is the Pochong, which is also known as a wrapped ghost. And it's said to be the soul of a dead person that's trapped in its shroud. As in Muslim burials, they wrap the body of a dead person in a cane kafan, or a burial shroud essentially. So the dead body is covered in white fabric, tied over the head, under the feet, and on the neck. And according to traditional beliefs, the soul of the dead person stays on earth for 40 days after death. And if the ties over the shroud aren't released after 40 days, the body is supposed to jump out of the grave to warn people that the soul needs to be released. After these ties are released, the soul will leave the earth forever. Essentially, they just appear as a person that's wrapped in a shroud. However, because they're tied under the feet, the ghost can't walk, but they have the ability to fly and teleport. And when they try to go walk normally, they hop like a rabbit because of the ties. Next up is the Pontianak, and these ones are pretty spooky. So the Pontianak are said to be spirits of women who died while pregnant, despite apparently the earliest recording of them in relation to folklore describing the ghost as originating from a stillborn child. That's what it is at the moment. So Pontianaks are normally described as being pale-skinned women with long black hair, red eyes, and a white dress that's smeared in blood. But they're said to be able to take on the form of a beautiful woman in order to prey on men and helpless people, while also being able to appear as beasts due to their bloodthirsty and carnivorous nature. A Pontiac is supposed to arise at the full moon and announce her presence through high-pitched baby cries. If the cry is soft, it means that the Pontianac is near. If it's loud, she must be far away. If someone hears a dog howling at night, it means that the Pontianac is far, she is nearby. Her presence can sometimes be detected by a pleasant floral fragrance, followed by an awful stench, similar to that of a decaying body and she kills her victims by digging into their stomach with sharp fingernails before devouring their bodily organs. In some cases, the Pontianak can desire revenge against a particular male individual, in which case she rips out the bodily organs of her hands, and if one of his eyes open when she is near, she will suck them out of her victim's head. She locates her victims by sniffing out hanging laundry outside. For this reason, it's somewhat common for Malaysians to refuse to leave clothing hanging outside overnight. And to fight off a Pontianak, someone should plunge a nail into the hole in on the nape of her neck, which is said to turn her into a beautiful woman and a, quote, good wife until the nail is removed. In some cultures, the nail is supposed to be plunged into the apex of the head. Yeah, so Malaysian folklore is super interesting. I think their ghosts are amazing. Anyway, back to the topic at hand. Um, let's talk about the attacks themselves. 
So one student who declined to be named said that a female student who was possessed the second time jumped off a flight of stairs at the third floor of the school, but her fall was broken by several male students who were at the bottom of the staircase. And they went on to say that she was supposed to skip classes today, and I cannot understand why she came to school after being possessed. Another student called Ina said that her parents didn't allow her to attend school on Sunday after she was affected the week before, saying that I cannot explain how I became possessed, but I could not move and fainted until I was revived by an Uzdas. Not only the students that are affected, some teachers were too. So one teacher called Nolailawati Ramli was affected on Wednesday and was quoted as saying, When I was holding one of the pupils, my arms felt extraordinarily heavy. I recited the istigfa. Things were truly out of control at the time, but after the pupil recovered and went home, I then felt as though someone was hanging on to the left side of my body. I saw flashes of black, like a black figure. Another teacher um, called Kamaraya Ibrahim also reported seeing this black figure, uh, saying that she tried to recite verses from the Quran when she realised that she was losing control of herself. The exact quote is, I saw a black figure like it was trying to enter my body, but my colleagues were surrounding me, reciting verses from the Al-Quran. I felt like my head was bloating. I felt numb and tears kept pouring down my face. I silently recited the Ayatul Kursi over and over again. Then my head began to feel lighter after about an hour. Since then, she said that the school had engaged services of Islamic medical practitioners to help recover the situation, um, and also adding that this is the first case of this happening at the school since it was built in 2001. So the school was reopened on Sunday, and school officials conducted a two-hour recital of Quranic verses and held prayers together with the students. However, reporters and photographers that were waiting outside the compound weren't allowed indoors and heard more screaming and shouting at 11am. Now, this might be explained by a report by Straits Times that said that eight more students of a Malaysian school were struck by what is believed to be Hamas hysteria, despite the work of Ustaz and a Chinese bomber to rid the school of bad spirits. The girls were suddenly overwhelmed after two hours of reciting Quran verses and special prayers conducted by all the students at its open hall on Sunday. And this went up to government levels. Deputy Minister Chong Sin Woon said that he was willing to give the school the benefit of the doubt before mulling over any action in light of the decision to send the students home early on Monday and to cancel classes altogether on Thursday. He said that the school was given the flexibility to have a holiday under the same provisions the ministry would grant in situations like the heatwave or haze, saying that they could ask for holidays just like the Chinese schools which can request for holidays during King Ming. I have yet to receive a detailed report about the haunting, so let the ministry get a full report before we comment further. But in allowing for any schools to close, our first priority is whether it will affect the students' studies, and secondly, their safety. We will wait for the report first. Secondly, their safety. But yeah. This wasn't the only case of... However, this wasn't the only school which had this happen. In the same week, three more schools were affected, being SMK Penkelen Shepherd 1, where five female students were affected, SMK Kemimin, where 20 students were, and SMK Kubang Kerman Free, where eight students were affected. In the case of Pen- SMK Penkelen Shepa 1, they managed to control the situation by sending the affected students home to stop any other students from being affected, with a student affairs head confirming that the students were struck by the alleged hysteria. For SMK Kemmin, 20 female students from four classes were overwhelmed by the same phenomenon and were immediately sent home. 
and a check at that school at 8am on Monday showed that the students were gathered to recite religious verses in an attempt to rid bad spirits from the school. And State Deputy Education Director Jafar Ismail said that the school should be left alone to sort out the problem. And a traditional medicine expert called Wiru Sankala said that the hot weather and repressed emotion and reports of mass hysteria that went viral could be the cause of the hysteria affecting the schools. And focusing a bit more on the um, SMK Penkelin Shepherd 1 school, where five female students were affected, these students claimed to have been possessed during a hysteria attack and said that they saw a ghostly figure before passing out. They claimed that they saw an unsightly dark figure or female ghost, the Pontianak, before they experienced paralysis and fainted. One of the students called uh, Fatin Noor Attica, who was 17, said that she was possessed twice in the school's toilets when she was in Form 3 and Form 4. And during both instances, she saw a black spectre that was hard to describe more accurately, saying that the spectre was so ugly that I went into fits and felt paralysed, like I was being pinned down by an unseen force. In both cases, I fainted for several hours. I was later revived by an ustaz in school. The experiences had so shaken me that every time I go to the toilet, I bring a friend along, otherwise I avoid going to the toilets. Yeah, that's um, all I have for the schools. However, it's not the only place in Southeast Asia where ghostly outbreaks or mass hysteria have occurred. I've got a few of these here as well. So first up, we've got January 1973 in Singapore with the General Electric USA Television and Appliance Factory. On January 13th, 1973, a case occurred at the company's flatted factory in Boonkeng Road when eight female employees became hysterical. There is no report of a second incident, but on, on January 17th, a third incident was said to have happened with as many as 25 women on the factory's U-board assembly line affected. Part of the factory was subsequently shut down that afternoon, with one woman saying that it was frightening. The women went into a trance and started screaming. But another one said that they hadn't taken the first ser- incident seriously, but it certainly gave cause for concern when another 12 became hysterical on Tuesday, January 16th, and about 25 today, or January 17th. Employees also claimed that they saw visions of a teenage girl lurking in the washroom for several nights. Bombers and Buddhist monks held daily seances during the outbreak as incense was burnt and holy water was sprinkled at two blocks of the factory. The next we have is in October 1977 at the Telecommunications Authority of Singapore, where mass hysteria hit the operations room of the Telecommunications Authority of Singapore headquarters in Exeter Road on October 20, 1977, as a group of women began screaming and struggling with those who tried to calm them. A report said that the incident occurred around 4.30pm when most of the day shift were about to leave work and according to a TAS official, some went into a trance while others vomited and frothed in the mouth. They later said that a gin had entered their bodies and in a press statement issue on November the 3rd, the Telecommunications Authority of Singapore said that the hysteria affected 16 telephonists when one of them started screaming. One telephonist was taken to the hospital because of a minor injury and was discharged later that day. And the last one I have is at Woodsville Secondary School, April 1979, where up to 30 secondary school students at the school in in Algenied Road were affected at about noon on April 24, 1979, 
and they were sent to hospital for observation while the classmates were told to leave school early. And it was later revealed on July the 2nd that 48 students went hysterical during this outbreak, saying that for three days a frightening epidemic sent one student after another into frenzied trance-like states. While some cried, shivered and started eating grass and empty glasses, others stared into empty space with open eyes while performing a Tai Chi type of dance movement called the Kuda Kapang, which is an ancient Malay wedding dance. Some were restrained from their violent fits by the teachers. No one could communicate with them during their violent fits and trances. 28 students gave different accounts of legless apparitions which appeared before them. And yeah, that's all I have for those. So, we'll cut to music and be right back. And we are back. So, um, I was going to cut it there, but we've but this ended up being a bit shorter than I expected. So, I've got a couple more articles here, which I'll just kind of go through because they're also really interesting and there's some more Southeast Asia ghosts in here. So yeah, let's just throw them in there. It is that time of year after all. So yeah, Southeast Asia is a very superstitious place and it got pretty spooky in some places. So in February 2016, in Sakir, two women and one man in eastern Thailand faced charges for forcing their family members and neighbours to strip naked in the street of the village, reportedly on the order of a ghost. The police said that three suspects claimed that they were possessed by a fee bob when they herded seven residents of a village in the Koksun district in the street at Knife Point on Saturday and told them to take off their clothes. After the seven victims complied, the three possessed perpetrators burned all of their clothes to appease the ghosts. The police were soon alerted, and officers disarmed the three suspects and brought them to the police station, where they were charged with physical assault, unlawful coercion, and unlawful detention. And Colonel Pongla, to pardon my um, pronunciation, Srisa Krapikupta, uh, who was the commander of the Koksong police station, uh, said that they said that they felt something heavy upon them, and they were unconscious of what they were doing. I don't know how that could possibly be true. And the suspects were identified as Fengchai Kanob, who was 50, Srinak Bunung, 44, and Punjai Kanob, who was 42. And Colonel Pongla went on to say that the victims were either family members or neighbours of the three suspects, adding that some of the victims were slightly wounded in the altercation. The victims had no choice but to comply with the suspect's instruction, and the three suspects were granted bail on the Sunday with having sought exorcism from a necromancer in Aranya Prophet. And this isn't the only case of a V-pop in recent times. This time we're going to... Yeah, this time's in June 2017. So, after a request was sent on Tuesday the 27th of June 2017, police were dispatched on Wednesday June 28th to a rural community in Amnet Sharon province in Thailand to protect it from a female ghost or feepop said to have been terrorizing its populace in recent months. The operation followed a written request from its leaders, according to a local police chief. And according to folklore, feepop is a ghost which with the ability to possess humans and wreak havoc on an entire village. Every year, many rural communities report sightings or hauntings by this by feepop. 
Police were dispatched to a village in Amnat Sharon province to deal with the ghost, known locally as Feepop, which villagers said had killed four cows and caused four border police officers to fall ill. Part of the letter read out that to strengthen civilian morale, prevent panic, and boost their confidence in living their daily lives, I hereby request Pathum Ratchawongsa Police Station to organise patrols in the sub-district to monitor safety for civilians. And the head of the police station would say that the residents are frightened. The letter requests police to conduct regular patrols. They want some reassurance. The people who believe in the rumour are genuinely scared. And the police chief would say that more people believe in Fee Pop than those who don't. Adding that a Buddhist ceremony was also held at the village two weeks previous in hopes of stopping the ghost's menace. And then one last one. Because, yeah, like, like I said, the Southeast Asia is a very superstitious place. And real or not, like these beliefs can affect people. So this one was from June 20, 2016, where a woman in the Burren province filed a police complaint because her neighbours had been giving her a hard time thinking that she had been possessed by a ghost. And she demanded that the police prosecute the people in her village, accusing her of being possessed by a pop and feasting on human and animal entrails. Saying that three years previous, rumours were started that she was possessed by a pop, which resulted in the 52-year-old woman suffering years of hatred and even physical abuse from superstitious neighbours. Uh, she claimed that the villagers fo- had forced her into a superstitious ceremony to evict the evil spirit inside of her, both embarrassing and alienating her from people around, saying that some villagers went so far as to forcefully conduct an exorcism in which a necromancer slapped her to drive away the ghost. And when asked why people think that she had been possessed by a pop, she would say that her neighbour had cancer while another had asthma, so the village blamed their illnesses on her and accused her of eating their insides. And on the Sunday, her daughter decided to take her to the police station, saying that she frequently had to leave work to protect her mother from neighbourhood bullies, saying that she had only recently learned of her mother's predicament. Captain Ekapong Deshprom of the Burman province said that two people from the same village had been charged with defamation for spreading the rumour, not naming the individuals and saying that they'd be brought to court the next Wednesday. According to Captain Ekapong, the two suspects had no known history of personal disputes, saying that they never had a fight, it's like, that's their belief. I don't know what makes them believe that kind of thing. And yeah, that's all I have right now. So, right, we'll cut the music again. Uh, sorry for the short segment. Um, and we'll wrap up. So, see you in a bit. And we are back. So, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed those stories. I thought they were particularly interesting. Like, regardless of whether or not you believe in ghosts and the supernatural, the events that I just read out did happen. So, so yeah. Very, very interesting. But yeah, so on that, we're done. So my shout-out this week will be for of Myth and Mercy, who has just revived their show, and they are back. And I am excited to listen in tonight. So we have social media at facebook.com slash rocks, Twitter and Instagram at the bloody rocks. Uh, you can email me at botrpodcast at gmail.com. And yeah, you can just send me anything you want. Uh, I'd, lo- I'd love to hear from you. And on that, thank you for listening. Rate, review, subscribe. Don't forget to tell your friends. And have a great week. I'll see you soon. <laughs>